Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to learn about commercial property investing and join our real estate family. We get the best people in the industry to give you straightforward and practical advice that you can actually use in your investing. And in today's episode, we are chatting with Billy Kills. He is an amazing real estate syndicator who actually syndicates and invests from Barcelona, Spain, and he invests in US properties only. So talk about investing outside of your market and country. We are going to be taking questions from one of our podcast listeners today about syndications. What are some good numbers to syndicate? Do you need experience? How would you go about it? And so on and so forth. And also, I just want to do a little celebration today. It's our 100th episode. So yay, Billy, you scored a 100th episode. So excited to have you here. And also wanted to remind you guys that more than half of the year is already gone. And uh, guess what? Our goals calls are going incredibly well. Out of five people, two have already purchased properties this year. And I'm sure we'll get at least two more, if not all five, to purchase properties this year. And just wanted to remind you all to join our goals calls. We're going to do just $100 flat for the remainder of the year. This is really to help everybody. And the $100 is really so you can hold yourself accountable and show up to these calls. The people that have paid the full year up front, guess what? They are showing up for the call. So we're not going to do monthly uh, payments anymore, which were 20 bucks <laughs> a month. But I want to make sure that each one of you succeed in your real estate investing careers. So join us. The calls are on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. The link to register is under show notes. And let's jump into this interview. Billy, I'm super excited to have you here today. You are doing a phenomenal job out there in the world of real estate. And um, before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Stephanie, I am super excited to be able to share a little bit of my story with me and your entire uh, audience. So I appreciate the opportunity and I uh, would definitely tell about myself, but I would also just uh, recommend to everybody, and I know they do a, a fantastic job, um, if you haven't already, to to make sure that you're leaving a, an honest review and, and a rating, because Stephanie, what you're doing here is just absolutely fantastic. Um, and I know we we'll want to get more support for what it is that you're doing here. So yeah, just a little bit about me. I am a, a guy who's originally from the Midwest, but I have been very fortunate and have lived and worked in some 86 different countries and uh, currently live in Barcelona, Spain, as it relates to the things that so many of us uh, relate to is, um, I was one of those people who was an A student and I was doing what I was always told and I was getting the corporate job and was working on climbing the ladder and I've spent a lot of time doing that. And that was until um, 2008 for where the second time on my portfolio that I had been putting to the side, because that's what you do as a, as a good uh, A student, it took a 33% hike down. Like it was just, I got crushed. And so at that point, Stephanie was when I decided that I kind of needed to do something different. And at that point I was a father of two, had been recently married 
and I just needed to get control over my financial life. And like you've talked about before and so many other people, that little purple book came across um, my my vision, my, my line of sight. Unfortunately, I didn't actually finish it the first time I picked it up, but I thought it was really, really cool. And a couple of years later, I picked up that book and I thought to myself, wow, this is, seems really, really awesome. Uh, but how do I put it into play? Because where I was living in Barcelona, Spain, or where I live in Barcelona, Spain, I've tried to do the numbers and none of them were working like in the books where I was supposed to be earning two, three hundred dollars per door and all this kind of stuff. So I um, got a little bit frustrated, had some awesome friends that told me that, hey, listen, you are from the United States. Why don't you think about purchasing uh, real estate back in the United States? And so it seemed a really, really far out idea, Stephanie. But as you know, and in, in for the last probably seven and a half, eight years, I have been investing exclusively long distance, meaning I live in the European continent and I invest exclusively um, in real estate that is back in the United States. And so um, I've been very, very fortunate to do that. Continue to work on gaining more control over my financial life and now helping other people to do the exact same thing um, because I just know that there are a lot of us that are in these corporate roles that we we enjoy what we're doing during the day. And at the same time, we really know that there's something else that's out there. It's definitely beyond Wall Street. And we're just, you know, continuing to hold that beacon of light like you're doing and, and helping people know that there are definitely ways um, to have more control over your life and do that on your own terms and definitely do that outside of Wall Street. Well, congratulations on not only investing in real estate outside of the country, but also syndicating. And that is what we're going to be focusing on today. All of these questions are exclusively coming from one of our listeners, Morgan Reynolds, and they're great questions regarding syndication. Let's jump right in with her first question, which is, when it comes to the number of partners in a limited partnership, how many is too many? We're going to make a couple of assumptions. Number one, I think everyone, as you start to have more syndications, there are kind of two questions that you want to ask yourself. Number one, who is it that you really want to serve through the syndication? And number two, what type of systems do you currently have in place? Because that's really going to have a direct impact on the number of partners that you have in your, in your limited partnership. When you're, when you're looking at that, I guess you want to be able to have the right people uh, that you're serving. So whether sometimes you may want to serve people that are only accredited investors. And so that is going to make sure that you're serving someone with a specific type of syndication tool. Uh, if you want to be able to serve other people that are more sophisticated investors, then you will want to use a different type of tool. You have specific names. And I know you've talked a lot about the 506C for accredited investors or the 506B for, uh, for sophisticated and accredited investors. But I guess the, the, the goal is if you're going to do, let's say a million dollar raise, you want to have the, the, the right number of people. And I, I would typically say, if you're going to have accredited investors, you're typically going to have maybe a hundred thousand dollar minimum. So you may be looking at 10 people. And provided that you have the systems in place, meaning are you already further along in your journey where you have a specific investor portal where you can actually show the different um, offerings that you have, all of your documentation is somewhere, or are you just getting started and you know that you have the people that you want to serve and you'll be able to get to the million dollar raise and you're still using maybe an Excel spreadsheet or you know, it may be even more basic than that. By asking yourself those kind of two basic questions that you then don't 
overdo it. And just the example there, Stephanie, is if you are just getting started to have maybe 20 investors that are each investing $50,000 each, that may be a bit overwhelming uh, to you, potentially, right? Or maybe not. But I think it comes down to at the end of the day is who do you want to serve and what systems do you have? Her next question is, I am in my mid-20s and experienced only on the brokerage side of commercial real estate. However, I am taking a commercial real estate financial modeling course to thoroughly understand the numbers. What kinds of qualities, experiences, achievements would make you feel confident enough to invest your money with someone like me? And is direct investment experience an absolute must? Wow. So I love this question from Morgan, but uh, it sounds like lots of experience, even in your, your mid-20s. Morgan, I think this is one of those questions, and not just Morgan, but other people. It really is such an individual question. And this is one of the things I like to talk to about people. And as a syndicator, you will become more and more in tune to this, which is what is the right experience for the individual, for the, for the person? One metric that I think a lot of people don't talk about, Stephanie, is the metric, which is the ROS, which is the return on sleep metric. Because sometimes <laughs> you, can see, you, you can see lots of fantastic uh, IRRs or cash on cash or, or AARs and, and these types of things. But at the end of the day, it is really, are you going to be working with the type of syndicator that is answering the questions in the way that you need them answered is providing you potentially either graphics, meaning that you can actually see it, providing you experiences, providing you with references so that you begin to feel uh, confident and to make you feel confident. Because I think at the end of the day, each one of us are very, very different. And we need to make sure that you as a syndicator, and when I say you as a syndicator or your team, need to be able to understand exactly what each potential uh, investor is, is looking for. Hopefully I've answered that part of the question. And then I think the second part of the question you mentioned was, is, is direct investment experience an absolute must? Correct. Thinking about her as the, the syndicator, it's really I'm more interested in her, meaning her and her team. I want to understand if the team that uh, Morgan is, is representing or is with, what is the experience that they've had from the, the, from the direct investment um, experience. I, I believe is, I'm, I'm answering the question. So it's not just about the individual. It's really more about the team and their overall experience to make sure that if I'm investing time, energy, capital, that the team has, will, is going to give me as the investor, the, the highest probability of getting the return on whatever it is that I'm looking for. And that could be, um, it could be an ROI, it could be tax benefits or whatever the case may be. So hopefully that uh, does clarify it. Yeah. Along those lines, I'd say, yeah, find somebody that has experience if you are just beginning and partner up with them. So you are not, you know, just going it alone uh, with no experience, which actually you have experience, right? Based on your next question. So you currently apparently have six units right now, single family homes and you're looking at getting into a small apartment building, to me, that is experience if those numbers make sense on the single family. But I would also want to see you partnering up with someone that has a little more experience. Yeah, I completely, completely agree with you on that. When, and going back to the, the concept of the, of the team, absolutely. 
Her next question is, for someone who's just getting started in syndications, what are the realistic goals for scaling and growing? For example, currently she has six single family homes and she's putting together a first syndication for a six unit multifamily property. What would be a good next step? For example, a 12 unit, a 40 unit apartment building. Does it matter how slow or fast you scale? And do you plan these things or take it deal by deal? Wow. Um, Stephanie, I know you you have a lot of, uh, of, of thoughts on this one. I definitely have a lot of thoughts on this one. And it goes back to the very first question, which is what are realistic goals for scale and growth? As you continue to move forward, Morgan, I mean, it, it appears to me that you not only have relevant experience, you're also very determined to continue to move forward. And the fact that you're here listening and, and asking your question, you're, you're, you are someone who is taking action. So I guess my question to you would be, why do you want to have something that is realistic? Why do you want to have uh, someone else set the goals for you? Uh, I know that in my own experience, I know that I set out a five-year goal for myself, but once I started taking action, once I started uh, being around other people that were more experienced than me, once I started asking questions, getting input, making a couple of, um, of mistakes or learning opportunities, I blew through those five-year goals in less than two years. So, and I, and I think, well, I don't think, I know that if you, based on what I see, based on the types of questions that you're asking, I would almost push you to the opposite extreme and say, hey, listen, what are the goals that you would make you feel a little bit uncomfortable? Because that's also going to have you talking to the right people that have already been there before and then get you to, to expand your thinking in a way that you're going to be outside of your comfort zone. So you're going to continue to move forward and you won't be frustrated because in 20% of the time you've already achieved the goal that you wanted. So um, at this point, seeing where I am now and also knowing the type of individual that you are based on the types of questions that you are asking, I would say, you know, give yourself the, the, the ability to go to that. What one of those things that Russell Gray would say, you create that big, hairy, audacious goal for yourself and then continue to move um, forward on that. Sometimes you'll find that a larger syndication with the right people, as, as Stephanie was mentioning, is going to give you the opportunity to learn from others, be a part of, uh, of a syndication, and you're actually buying a much larger business. Um, I, I know that as the opportunities become larger, you're actually buying, a, a bit, buying into a business and, and you have the resources to actually do things on a more efficient scale, which means that you're not um, pulling your hair out quite as frequently. So I, so I would think know yourself, also push yourself a bit outside of your comfort zone. Going back to what Stephanie said before, as you push yourself outside of your comfort zone, make sure that you are also uh, working with other syndicators who've been there before or be a part of a network that would allow you to leverage their experience. Yeah, great point on, on setting your own goals and knowing where you want to go. Also, I think it's super important if you want to be aggressive to make sure you have the, the infrastructure in place uh, so you can grow exponentially. That I cannot <laughs> highlight this enough. It's super, super important. Definitely. And we completely agree with you. And, and Stephanie, you know, one of those things that sometimes you find that they, you end up 
doing more work that is probably not the best use of your time or you're mm -hmm. not the best person to do if you're buying something that is quote unquote smaller because buying something smaller you may not have uh, the specific resources to be able to efficiently handle a, um, a resident request in a timely manner and at the same time you don't want to go out and maybe do your very first one it's a thousand units because you probably or maybe not have the infrastructure yourself but if you're working with other people that do you can you can learn and grow much faster in an environment that that feels a bit safer exactly exactly when you consider your most successful deals what was different the things that that I would consider that were different on the most successful deals, meaning as a, as a syndicator was really being able to spend time, spend the appropriate time with each of the investors, getting a very clear understanding of what each of the motivators were for the individuals that were part of the syndication and being able to help them get a very clear picture of not just what the project was, meaning buying a certain asset, but what were the benefits and the impact that that particular investment of their time, energy, and capital was going to return not only to them, but also to the communities in which they were investing and the team, meaning the syndication team, also the, the impact that it was going to make on the team. But at the end of the day, those were the, I guess, having a very clear understanding of how the, the results or the outcomes tied into what each of the investors uh, wanted to to be able to do. And that goes way beyond um, just just money investment or return of their capital or the, the high tax benefits, which a lot of the investors that we work with were, were interested in, but really being crystal clear on why each one of them were involved and they were also involved. And of course, some basic things like making sure that, they're, um, that you, the return on their trust and energy, which means the, the, the transfer, the ACH or the checks were arriving to them on time. And that that was creating a positive experience for them to the point that not only did they want to continue doing that, but have also gone out and continued to advocate to others about the positive experience and impact that they were having or were making as an investor. Really, really, really good points on understanding what each investor wants. They really don't care, you know, about your 100-page PowerPoint presentation. You really should actually turn the tables and ask what is important to you, as you were alluding. So that is also super important. And, you know, as a great, amazing salesperson <laughs> yourself, that's definitely something that you have experience with and, um, you know, works. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's definitely, if I could just add one thing there, I think a lot of times when I have recognized, and this is also too from a strong sales and sales leadership background, is making sure that as someone who is bringing together individuals that have similar goals and dreams is to make sure that you're focused on what it is that they want. And sometimes people may feel like if you don't get an answer really, really quickly, then well, it's a waste of time. And that's, in my opinion, the, the wrong mindset, because when you are able to attract the right people that you believe that you will be able to help, it's then being focused on what is it that that individual wants? You know, what exactly. is it their, what are their goals? What is it, what are their dreams? Not just how much money do they want to invest? It's really getting a chance to understand what is behind all of the, um, the reasons that they've come forward to want to be able to speak to you. And then you investing quality time 
to understand, to ask the questions and to be able to engage in those uh, in those types of conversations. I think that's one of the other things that as, as a result, some of the most successful deals or syndications because we're spending quality time together, getting to build a relationship and getting to know one another, not just me understanding the investor, but the, the investor also understanding more about me, my philosophy. And when I say me, meaning me and my, and my team. All right. Last question. Who are your mentors and how did you meet them? <laughs> well, two of my mentors are, uh, they, they knew me before I was even born. Um, so the, the, the first is I've, I've always considered um, watching my, my parents uh, because they really worked really, really hard, Stephanie, uh, and continue to work really hard, uh, making sure that we were in schools that were the right schools. So we had the right education. They worked tirelessly um, to make sure that we had the things that we need, even though they didn't have it. So watching them work tirelessly being there even now when I have questions just on life in terms of what I would do as a uh, as a father or what I'm, I'm looking thinking about this promotion when I was thinking a lot about promotions in, in the day job and things like that. So so my mother and my father as mentors uh, to me in, in just helping me become a better person uh, are the people that I without a doubt look up to the most um, as it relates to what we're doing in the in the real estate space. Uh, there's there's a person that I am very fortunate to know personally, uh, and every single time I've had an interaction with him, it he he makes my mind consider. You know, I talked about the big hairy audacious goals earlier, um, and also the way that you can positively impact other people's lives. Uh, and it's Russell Gray, and, and so as an approach, as someone who is who is approachable, someone who's constantly thinking or pushing uh, my thinking, and, and you know, I'm thousands of miles away. Uh, sometimes it's just through listening to podcasts or um, sometimes it's reading things that he's written or blogs or having his point of view and then having the opportunity um, to speak to him uh, through mentoring club and things like that. It's, uh, he's someone that uh, is definitely a, a mentor to me and someone who has positively impacted me in, in the approach that I have with, uh, with others in the, uh, in the real estate space, in the syndication space specifically. Well, thank you so much, Billy, for going over all of these awesome questions from Morgan. Please tell us, you have a podcast. Tell us about your podcast. What does it focus on and how can our listeners get in touch with you? Yeah, perfect. So, and and also too, Stephanie, thank you so much for the, for the opportunity to be here. Morgan, awesome questions. Um, consider that uh, you're continuing to move down this track and I'm sure you're going to be very, very successful. Uh, and teaming with the right people and getting the even more and more experience. Uh, as it relates to, to knowing more about me and Stephanie, people will be able to hear you very soon, depending on when they're listening to this podcast as well, uh, with me on the Going Long podcast with Billy Keels. We're on all the major platforms and really love to be able to continue to talk to uh, lots of people that want to understand how you can live in one place and be able to invest directly uh, in other places, whether they're doing that actively or passively. And people can find me also to uh, Billy Keels. You can find me on all the major platforms. LinkedIn, I love it there. The one thing I would ask is if you connect on LinkedIn, that you just let me know that uh, you did hear Stephanie and I speaking um, on, on the podcast today. And it just helps us with the, with the conversation so we can continue to move forward. And if anybody wants to uh, find out about some of the mistakes that I made and you can avoid those from the long distance investing perspective, you can go to billykeels.com forward slash seven mistakes. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's late at night over there. I really appreciate you, you making the time. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I appreciate the opportunity. 
In our 100 episode celebration, you guys know I ain't going anywhere and I would really appreciate a review if you're learning from this podcast. I would greatly appreciate that. And also, if you guys have any questions like Morgan, feel free to send them my way. You know where to reach me and I will see you next time.